welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. Today's episode is from the Clinical Contact Lens and Myopia Care channel entitled Ocular and Non-Ocular Adverse Events During Three Years of Soft Contact Lens Wear in Children. I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Dave Kading, our lead topical editor, Dr. Andrew Pucker, and our topical expert, Dr. Maria Walker. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we are joined by Dr. Maria Walker. We're going to be speaking about some really, really cool things that are happening in the soft contact lens world. It is awesome to have you, Dr. Walker. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Absolutely wonderful. Dr. Walker, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. I am a clinician scientist at University of Houston College of Optometry. So I did OD at NECO. I have a residency in contact lens, and then I did my PhD in kind of how scleral lenses affect the eye. So I now teach at the University of Houston, do quite a bit of research, and I spend a little bit of time in the clinic with the fourth years. Awesome. Well, speaking about clinic in the four, with the fourth years, you probably have some interest in this particular topic we're talking about, and that is ocular and non-ocular adverse events during three years of soft contact lens wear in children, particularly the myopia management space. More and more kids are wearing soft contact lenses. I remember years ago, we were trying to get more people into contact lenses, particularly kids. And we're a little bit worried about the ocular side effects. Parents are worried about that. Tell us a little bit about this paper, obviously why it's important to ODs, and uh, give us a quick little overview. Sure. Um, yeah, this was actually a paper. I'm on this paper, actually. This is a study that we pulled data from here at UH with the BLINK study. Um, and, you know, I think this, this type of paper is ever more meaningful now that we have so many more kids that are actually wearing uh, soft contact lenses with for this myopia management. And so you're right, this paper focused on what the adverse events, both ocular and actually it was the first to report non-ocular as well. Um, one of the things that the FDA was interested in. Um, but yeah, this is 294 kids in Houston and in Columbus, Ohio. And basically it just goes through all the different types. The good, the good global news is most of the events are are, are non-serious. Um, and the ones that were a little bit more concerning are are low because we know we're always going to get some people that have adverse events, but uh, we, you know, we'll go through them. But the general, the general theme was that we uh, had really good um, and limited adverse events with with the patients here. Yeah. So yeah, let's get into it. What are some of the key findings and how do they help us understand contact lens sure. wear in kids? Yeah, so so big picture, right? So we had almost 300 kids, so it was 294. And so the total number of like any, and keep in mind in this study, like any little thing basically with an adverse yeah. event so like any corneal staining and you'll see the breakdown but basically there was a total over three years 325 ocular and 107 non-ocular you can see if you look at it all of the ocular ones were considered non-serious um some of the uh non-oculars were serious because people had a broken leg things like that but none of the none of the non-oculars had uh, really anything to do with with the ocular one. So like 
mostly um like and even the ocular ones not all of them were even related to contact lens wear because people have other things that go on so about 65 percent of these events were somehow related to contact lens wear um basically if you look at the big ones like 91 almost a third of them were solution induced corneal staining so and we didn't actually look at which solution there was a lot of different solutions used so um we just know they had some sort of staining from the solution um 46 out of these 325 were allergy related then we had about 23 incidences of patients who had like a sty hordeolum or chalazian um i would say the the biggest thing that we kind of were actually focused on because we thought it was the most you know interesting or you know something people would want to know more about was that we did find um like 14 new corneal scars um you know, but they were all, and even being an investigator on this, I can attest to this. We're talking about like small pinpoint corneal scar, which a lot of us have, um, especially if you're wearing contact lenses. So there was no central corneal scarring, no vision loss. We had one suspected microbial keratitis, which was treated with pretty mild antibiotics. And, and, you know, that's, that's really what you expect. You're always going to have one or two of these in these larger populations. Um, but those, I think, were the most kind of the biggest AEs, adverse events that, that were found. We did see some, like 13 people had uh, corneal infiltrates at one point. So we do see kind of some inflammatory-based uh, conditions, but really none of them had required even lens discontinuation unless the patients wanted to discontinue them. Um, and pretty much three out of four patients had at least one of these uh, events that occurred at some point during the three years. But again, we were very conservative, as you can see. Most doctors probably don't even notice when they have solution induced corneal staining but uh we were that was the point of the study was to look really really close um and see what we find 1.3 percent of these patients had a broken bone are you sure that had no association with contact lens wear oh yeah i you know i don't um that one i don't i just know from being in the study i honestly even though even if it is significant i i i'm almost positive i don't know if it's in the paper that those were people in the control groups <laughs> so it was like they were like oh it's probably from this and we're like no you're in the spectacle yeah i don't think we need to bring that up to our patients ahead of time so <laughs> kids were in the blink from one to three years when in the study were those that had ocular adverse events? When, like, at what point did it usually happen? Was there a, something you noticed? Yeah. So, you know, of course, this, you know, matches up with what we know. So it's good to kind of reinforce what we've kind of teach already is that, you know, half of all the adverse events occurred within the first year. And then I think it was like 27, 28% in the second year, and then like 22% in the third year. So, you know, that that's to be expected. We know that, especially if you think of solution-induced corneal staining, right? You're going to get it, you're going to fix it, that's going to go away. So most of these things tend to come up 
um, honestly, within the first couple of months of wearing. So most of these, I can say just from seeing these patients, a lot of them, um, you know, it's happening at that week one follow-up visit. Oh, you're getting a little redness with the solution. You must be allergic. Let's switch you to something else. That type of thing. Yeah. Was yeah. Well, so important, particularly in the myopia management to see them frequently, especially in the soft lens world so that we can you know, reinforce habits. If they are somebody who has corneal staining, you know, making sure that they're washing their hands appropriately and that we can get to a resolution. What about age, refractive error? Was there uh, any association uh, with that? Yeah, again, we didn't find any association between ages, right? So we had age, they started ages uh, seven to 12. And so there weren't really littles in there, but they're, you know, seven is young. So we didn't see any um, association with the ages that we have. And it also matched up to other people's data that showed actually a lot of these, um, it's less adverse events in this age group than the 18 to 25 year olds, go figure, they go to college and go crazy. But, um, and then in terms of the refractive error, we also didn't see a difference. I know there's one other study, I think by Zadnik's group, um, and they had shown that there was higher myopes, had a little higher risk, and but we didn't find that. So even our, you know, we basically looked at people that were over five, under five, now, keep in mind our criteria, we didn't include patients that were over five diopters. So yeah. they might've gotten a little higher, but we didn't really, we weren't looking at high pathologic myopes here, but we didn't see yeah. a difference in any of the refractive error ranges in our group. Yeah, yeah, very interesting paper. Any any closing thoughts, anything we haven't covered that you wanna to touch on? No, you know, I think that, you know, just one, this shows us these, the adverse events are pretty trivial, but I also think it's good to remember like what you're going to see most in these kids is probably some sort of staining. So make sure we're looking and switching solutions if we need to and allergies. So I, I some of it is just don't be surprised if one out of 10 kids um, or more is having some sort of allergy to the, or just allergic reaction to having a lens in the eye. So some of it is just don't be surprised, but look for these things and, and don't be too worried about it. You can with confidence tell tell uh, parents and kids that these are safe devices for the eye. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Walker. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the American Academy of Optometry Foundation clinical podcast series. Make sure to like and subscribe. And we'll see you again next time on the next podcast. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen.